Hey there, and welcome to the Life of a Cheerleading Coach. I'm your host, Marley Sievers. With four years of high school coaching experience, six years of experience as an instructor and choreographer for the National Cheerleaders Association, and over a decade in the cheerleading industry, join me as we navigate through the world of high school coaching together. Here we go. This episode is brought to you by the Cheer Coach Planner. Are you ready to replace your bulky coach binder? If so, then you should check out the Cheer Coach Planner. Designed specifically for cheerleading coaches, the Cheer Coach Planner helps you to simplify the administrative side of coaching through the use of planning and organization. Inside, you'll find over 250 pages, including 12 undated monthly calendars, daily life and practice planners, a team section full of forms to help you keep track of everything specific to your team, like rosters, absences, and athlete profiles, and a season section full of forms to help you keep track of everything related to your season, like tryouts, fundraising, game days, pep rallies, and competitions. With a physical planner, digital planner options, and new planners for your captains, you're bound to find an option that works for you. Check them out at cheercoachplanner.com or visit the link in my show notes. The Cheer Coach Planner, your season, your plan. Welcome back to another episode. This week, I will be playing for you the rest of my leading with a purpose speech. So enjoy part two. Now we're going to talk about purpose to impact plans. A study at Harvard Business School showed that fewer than 20% of leaders have a strong sense of their own individual purpose, and even fewer can refine their purpose into a concrete statement. They may be able to clearly articulate the organization's mission, but when asked to describe their own purpose, they fall back on something generic and vague, like help others excel. While that's a start and it scratches the surface on what the ultimate goal is, hardly any of these leaders had a clear plan for translating purpose into action. As a result, they limit their aspirations and often fail to achieve their most ambitious professional and personal goals. That needs to change. The writers over at Harvard Business Review help executives find and define their leadership purpose and put it to use. They believe that the process of articulating your purpose and finding the courage to live it, what's called purpose to impact, is the single most important developmental task that you can undertake as a leader. Many executives have said that this is the key to accelerating their growth and deepening their impact in both their personal and professional lives. A few things to remember in the process of developing your purpose statement. Your leadership purpose is who you are and what makes you distinctive. You may express this in different ways, but this is what people identify you by. It's important to develop a statement that resonates with you. Defining your leadership purpose isn't easy as we're constantly bombarded by powerful messages about how to lead and how to be authentic. But when you have a clear sense of who you are, everything else follows naturally. The first step in this process is to mine your life story for common threads and major themes. Some questions to ask yourself during this step are, what have been your challenging life experiences? What do you enjoy doing or what did you like doing growing up? What energizes you? And with this one, Mel Robbins said in regard to discovering your purpose, the one word to focus on is energy. It's not a person, a place, or a thing. It's what excites you and inspires you. What gets you excited when you roll out of bed in the morning? 
for myself, that unifying thread and major theme throughout my life has been cheerleading. What energizes me is cheerleading, and my challenging life experiences all came from cheerleading. The second step in this process is to make an attempt at declaring a leadership purpose. This purpose should capture your essence and call you to action. Often your purpose statement becomes more concise when you achieve what is stated in the statement. Throughout your purpose, there should be one unifying thread. In her book, Dare to Lead, Brene Brown suggests that two core values define who you are. Her suggestion is to write a list of all the values that you have and narrow it down to only two. So here I've done that. I've gone to Brene's website. I've taken a list of values that I identify with and I threw them all up here. Now I'm going to narrow it down a little bit. So I cut the list in half, essentially. From here, I'm only going to pick two. And the two that I pick are growth and leadership. With these two values, I'm going to try to state my purpose. And here is my attempt. My purpose is to continue to learn and grow so I can be an exceptional leader and role model for my athletes. I aspire to develop their character and refine their leadership skills. And here you can see I've incorporated those two values in that statement. Now, I want you to take a minute and write out your purpose statement. If you don't have a pen and paper nearby, think about it in your head, type it on your phone, but write out a purpose statement. The next step in this process is to put your purpose into action. Clarifying your leadership purpose is crucial because simply writing it down isn't enough. You should also consider the influence that living your purpose will have on the world. What matters most are your actions, not your words. And with planning, we can consciously live our purpose. What makes the purpose to impact plans so different is that they start with a statement of leadership rather than a goal. They also incorporate meaningful purpose-infused language to create something that speaks to you. So in order to put this purpose plan into action, we need to envision long-term opportunities. So the next step is to address your three to five-year goals. This is a good time frame to target first because several years is long enough that you could imagine that you'd actually be living into your purpose by then. And it's not so distant that it creates complacency. Maybe a goal of yours is to take state, but the focus should be on how you'll do it and what kind of leader you'll be. For myself, my three to five year goal is to see the athletes that go through my program be successful in life by having a growth mindset and developing their leadership skills. Take a moment and write down a three to five year goal that embodies your purpose statement. The next step in this process is to consider two year goals. This is a time frame in which the grand future and current reality begin to merge. What new responsibilities are you going to take on? What do you have to do to set yourself up for the long term? Remember to address your personal life too, because you should be more fully living into your purpose everywhere. For myself, my two-year goal is to be constantly working on my own development. I hope to study leaders, attend conferences, and learn something new often. I'd like to implement the things that I learn into my practices. Now, here you'll see I have those two values. 
I highlighted development because growth and development go hand in hand, but I've incorporated those values into this two-year goal. Take a second to write down a two-year goal that embodies your purpose statement. The fifth step in this process is setting one-year goals. This is often the most challenging because many people ask, what if most of what I'm doing today isn't aligned in any way with my leadership purpose? How do I get from here to there? To address this problem, think about whether you can rewrite the narrative on parts of your work or change the way you do some tasks so they become an expression of your purpose. Consider whether you can add an activity that is 100% aligned with your purpose because most people can manage to devote 5 to 10% of their time to something that energizes them. For me, my one-year goal is to encourage my athletes to pursue leadership development. Specifically, I would do this through studying books with them, having them attend leadership seminars, and practicing the values of growth and leadership daily. Take a moment to write down a one-year goal that embodies your purpose statement. Now we're getting down to the nitty gritty. What are the critical next steps that you have to take in the coming six months, three months, or even 30 days to accomplish the one-year goals that you have set? The importance of small wins is well-documented in almost every leadership training. In detailing your next steps, don't write down all the requirements of your job. Instead, just list the activities or results that are most critical given your newly clarified leadership purpose and ambitions. The activities that are most critical for me to achieve my goals would be to schedule leadership development classes for myself and my athletes, plan study sessions with them, or pick out a book and split up the chapters with each member of the team. Write down the critical activities that will help you achieve your goals. Finally, the Harvard Business Review suggests that we look at the key relationships needed to turn our plan into reality. We should identify two or three people who can help us live more fully into our leadership purpose. For myself, that's my support network and my coaching team, specifically family and friends who are close to me and my assistant coach and captains for my team. Who are the people in your life that will help you turn your plan into reality? Go ahead and write their names down. What creates the greatest leaders is the ability to operate from a different point of view. An individual's perspective allows them to create great value and have a significant impact. With the purpose to impact plan, we all operate with a unique leadership purpose. To be a truly effective leader, you must clarify your purpose and put it to work. Once we've discovered our purpose, we must establish a team culture that embodies and fully embraces our vision. As a coach, use your message to foster a positive team environment that promotes your leadership purpose. Let's start with the individual members of your team. That would be the athletes. I believe that reminding your athletes of their purpose in cheerleading is ultimately important in maintaining their passion for the sport. This past year, our coaching staff decided that it was important to ask our athletes what their why is. Why are they cheerleaders? We had them write down their why and collected them. Throughout the season, we had several one-on-one -on -one meetings with their athletes, and at each of these meetings, we reminded them of their why. 
At the end of the year banquet, we gave them the sheets that they wrote their why on as a reminder of their purpose and in hopes of inspiring them to pursue another season. Every so often we get athletes who experience burnout. And I find that reminding them of their purpose and their passion for cheerleading keeps them striving to progress in the sport instead of stagnating. Now let's move on to our group's purpose. When you start your season and you sit down with your team, typically the first thing that you talk to them about is your goals, their individual goals, as well as your team goals. It's not just enough to make a goal. You have to make a course of action for how you plan to achieve them. To be able to reevaluate your team goals throughout the season can be challenging, especially when we get overwhelmed with other things like football, basketball, or competition season. If necessary, you should delegate this responsibility to the leaders in your program, as they're also the conductors in achieving these goals. Create reminders for yourself and have weekly meetings to talk about your goals often. Along with creating goals as a group, your purpose could be your mission statement, whatever that looks like for your program. As I've taken over a new program this year, I had to rewrite our mission statement. Throughout the mission statement, I've clarified the purpose of our program, which is to promote school spirit and support all athletics and activities. Throughout it, I've also incorporated my values like growth and leadership. The key aspects are purposefully infused into our team's vision. Once we discover what our group vision is, we should create a team culture that embodies and fully embraces that vision. Use your message as a coach to build a positive team culture. Author John Gordon has shared 14 thoughts about building a great culture. Of these 14 thoughts, I'd like to share my top five. The first one is a culture of greatness doesn't happen by accident. It happens when a leader expects greatness and each person in the organization builds it, lives it, values it, reinforces it, and fights for it. We've probably all experienced a scenario in coaching where either an athlete, a fellow coach, a parent, or administrator did not meet your program's expectations. How do you get others to buy into your culture and your why? Well, by being so passionate about driving your culture and believing in it wholeheartedly. Further in Sinek's TED Talk, he states that Dr. King gave the I have a dream speech, not the I have a plan speech. By using this angle of vision, he shows that those who have a why are the greatest leaders. The next thought about culture is that your culture is not just your tradition. It's the people in your building who carry it on. When your time as a coach comes to an end, what kind of legacy are you leaving behind? That all depends on who you surround yourself with. Are your captains going to carry on your ideals and expectations? Are your freshmen going to lead the program their senior year with the same standards that you instilled in them? The best leaders are passionate about developing emerging leaders. As stated earlier, true leaders don't create more followers, they create more leaders. The next thought is that when leading a new team or organization, it will take longer to build a new culture if you allow negative people from the previous culture to contaminate the process. There will come a time, if you haven't had this experience already, in which you will have to let someone off of your bus. In John Gordon's book, The Energy Bus, Gordon explains that in order to build a positive culture, you may have to let go of those who do not embody that culture. This isn't always necessary to keep your culture a positive one, 
And before anything, it's important to communicate your expectations as well as any unresolved issues to those individuals. The next thought is that creating a culture where people are afraid to fail leads to failure. Allowing people to fail and learn from failure ultimately leads to success. I can guarantee that every single person watching this has failed at something, at least once in their life. What does failure teach us? To get back up and try again. I almost let my fear of failure keep me from creating an impact and being a positive influence on those around me. Not everyone believes in psychics, but a year ago, I had a transformative experience with one. She told me that there was something I was hesitating on. Now, whether or not this psychic was right, hearing this inspired me to take action and reevaluate my priorities. I realized what I was holding back on. I was hesitant to pursue my podcast due to fear of failure. If I hadn't let go of my fear at failing at this podcast, I wouldn't be talking to you over this video right now and talking about the things that I am so passionate about. The same thing goes for coaching your team. How many times do your athletes need to try and fail at a stunt before they find success with it? Several times, right? It's hardly ever executed perfectly the first time. It's important to teach your athletes that they can learn from their failures and become better with each attempt. The next thought is that change is a part of every culture and organization. Embracing change and innovation will ensure that your organization thrives. As mentioned earlier, I'm a firm believer that we should always be open to the idea of learning and growing. Think about it. Every experience you have in life provides you with an opportunity to either learn from it and maintain your course of action or change in order to adapt and receive a different outcome. Just like changing an athlete's technique and a skill changes the way they perform it, changing your culture allows it to grow and become even better. By creating a team culture that embodies your vision, you will be able to grow as a leader in your team and encourage those around you to lead with your purpose as well. Ask yourself how you can weave your vision into your team culture specifically. If your key values are growth and leadership, what are you promoting within your culture that incorporates those values? To tie everything together, great leaders never stop learning. Great leaders inspire us. Great leaders know their why and move to action. Great leaders unify a team around a shared purpose. It's time for us to become great leaders. Thank you for listening and go make a difference. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Life of a Cheerleading Coach. To be notified when another episode is posted, visit the link in the show notes to sign up for my newsletter. Don't forget to follow the Life of a Cheerleading Coach on Instagram and Facebook, and be sure to click the listener support button on my anchor page. To be featured in the next episode, use the link in the show notes to leave me a voice message. Thanks again for listening and go make a difference. Oh,